0: Discover new opportunities together in a new Chevy. Meet up in an Equinox. Winner of the J.D. Power Award for initial quality among compact SUVs. Lend a hand in the strong and capable Silverado. Or mix it up in a high-tech Trax with an available 11-inch diagonal touchscreen. Find family, friends, and fun in the Chevy that's right for you. Click to learn more. Chevrolet. Together, let's drive. For J.D. Power 2023 U.S. Initial Quality Study Award information, visit jdpower.com. awards
1: Ronaldo and Conor McGregor like, they're kind of suffering from exactly the same thing in that they're just defiantly I'm still the guy
0: no, I, I honestly believe that Ronaldo knows that he's, he's not the same really? he's, but he's modified his game and he just he
1: works between the 18 yard box and mm. wants to fucking score goals he didn't if seem he gets service he'll score the goals but when he did that interview with Piers, there's a hint of like what did you think of that uh, well I only seen the clips I felt I felt his anger that he felt disrespected. Like, he felt like, I've come here, I'm your top goal scorer. You've put me on 500 grand a week because I'm the main man. You need me. And then. By the way,
0: just I want to get this out. Do you really think Ronaldo's only on 500 grand a week? Oh, it'll be week, more you're... than that, yeah.
1: 100%. Yeah. So so <laughs> that we know, right? Yeah. And then in season two, he's like, right, ready to pick up where I left off last time. And then Ten Hogs, like, Easy, Tiger. I'll put you on the bench. And then he gives it the I'm not going to disrespect Ronaldo by bringing him on late in games when they're losing to Man City, was it? And then. 16. Yeah. yeah. And then he literally tries to do that exact thing a a matter of a few weeks later. I'm not saying Ten Hogs completely to blame here, but I I see why Ronaldo's like, in his head, he's like, what the fuck is going on? And no player is bigger than
0: a team. I get that, but there are some players that are like messy. Uh huh. Ronaldo. Yeah. I said, Dan, you don't bring these players on for three minutes. Yeah. yeah. As a manager, you know what you're doing. Well the, the, so the he's played, And and no I'm not disrespecting Ten Hag. Listen, it's a fucking tough situation to come into a football club and that is in transition, you've got Ronaldo. And he's played it brilliantly and Ronaldo just had a bite up. And like I see Carrigo, he's a disgrace, he should be sacked and da 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 da. Was he wrong? Yes. Can I call him a disgrace when I've not played right wing for the greatest England manager since South Ramsey? Mm. I understand we're humans, we fuck up. For people to say, he's a fucking disgrace and he should be sacked. And I and I get on really well with Carragher. It was only two years ago, you had your incident and in where you could have lost your job at Sky. Oh, uh, Carragher was yeah, a... Sorry, thing. yeah, Carragher. Yeah. And, We've all, we're all things. but So I just like, if I was a pundit on the TV, I would have said he's wrong. You cannot slaughter the manager in public like he did. Mm-hmm. But I understand frustrations. I can't, who am I to call Ronaldo a disgrace when some of the things I've done in my mm-hmm. career and all of us have done in our career. And I know they get paid for their opinion. I just think they need to word that fucking, word it differently because you all sound like fucking
1: hypocrites. When you are... The greatest footballer ever, arguably, if not at least one of them. I understand that your ego in that moment is is to a size that you're like, look, I deserve more respect than this. I think I think it's it's naive for anyone to think Ronaldo should be cool with that. This yeah, is the Michael like, Jordan like, of again, Man United. Here. Uh,
0: speaking of a, a pro, we should come on. No matter, we could be Michael Jordan, and if mm. you were asked to come on for two minutes, so Ronaldo should have come on absolutely. The pitch. But you're right, his ego, what he's contributed for Man United in the past, what kind of status he has in the game, that is a disgrace. Mm. You can't expect Ronaldo to come on with two minutes to go, especially when your manager said the week before, I didn't bring him on out of respect. Yeah. Like I said, listen, I don't know what's going on in entire Ten Hag's thing. I didn't think he wanted Ronaldo in the football club and he's playing the bl- he has played a blinder. What? Makes me laugh as well is that everyone's what a great job he's doing. Man United are on the up, bloody, bloody blah, blah, blah. They're one point less, one point less off this season than when they were in the previous season with Solskjaer, who was crap and got the sack. But Ten Hag, but they've spent two hundred and fifty million but, more, by the way. But Ten Hag so, is yeah. unbelievable, yeah. and I hope it works out for him because Man United are a big club. They've been in so much transition. They need to stick with a manager. But to say what an unbelievable job you've done, you're one point less
1: off. I think, I think he's doing as good as he should be. Let's talk about the World Cup a bit, because it's on now, as we're recording this, England are about to play Wales later today. Uh, we, we're fresh off the back of a lacklustre game against America. In that game, one of the main criticisms of Gareth Southgate was his lack of ability to use... Players uh, who are, you know, similar to yourself in your prime, creative, fast, and, and there to get our defences and open the game up. And we just couldn't do that. Uh, and I think um, when I'm looking at Phil Foden sat on the bench, I'm wondering what people like you are thinking. Phil Foden is, Pep
0: Guardiola has said, he is the best young player he's worked with. Obviously, Messi was young, but he was in the first team. But I'm talking about from he's player. He's had all... Yeah, he's brought them through. He's brought all these players through Mm -hmm. Barcelona B and that. And he says, Foden is the best young talent he has ever worked with. We are not letting him go on loan because I want him around me to have my coach and to work with De Bruyne. Mm -hmm. So when you've got the greatest manager and coach talking about an English talent, like that. Mm -hmm. So the way I spin it is would Mbappe at France be on the bench? Exactly. (laughs) Would Neymar be on the bench? When you've got these special talents and he is real special, I think that Man City would beat the England team. If you put Man City 11 and you replicated that with the England 11, I fancy Man City to beat England quite convincingly. I agree, yeah. And he's one of the first names on the team sheet for Man City. He, they've spent hundred million on Grealish. He keeps Grealish out of the team. He, he literally keeps he booted
1: Sterling out the side. Exactly, so Sterling, Sterling got sold. left yeah. because Foden kept them out the team and yet Sterling is starting. So, for me, it is such a shame that mm. we could be talking
0: about, obviously everyone says Grealish is probably the closest thing we've had to a Gaza. But I honestly believe that Foding is the most special player we've had since Gaza. When you see a talent like that not being able to make the team, every other country he would be playing. So it does piss me off as an England fan watching it. And this is no disrespect to Jordan Henderson because on the podcast, I've give give Jordan Henderson loads of love and showed you why he's in the team. Mm -hmm. But you're bringing Jordan Henderson. That to me is, we don't want to lose the game rather than we should go and beat USA and then when I hear the yeah. the, the quotes after and we were in complete control and the way John Stones and Contro- Maguire controlled the game I thought their midfield three dominator midfield three, the Leeds
1: player Tyler uh, Adams was, we, we couldn't keep the ball just... there they, they did nothing with the ball, yeah. uh, you know they were lumping a <laughs> full getting corners and they were clumsy going forward in attack but they were winning the ball back off us. rapid pace and I felt like our midfielders and our whole team were giving the ball up so easily it was embarrassing actually and that was due to a lack of ball players on the pitch really who were and I also feel like maybe Southgate's personality filters through to the players or his fear of losing because when I watch Jude Bellingham pick a ball up and I look at him look side to side look backwards and look for the easiest possible options and I'm like that's not who you are. I've seen you for Dortmund. You are one of the most confident attacking young players, you know, arguably up there with a the forward in in terms of natural talent. And we're playing so sheepishly. This is
0: one for you. So with Trent and I've been a coach and I've heard Gary Neville and I've heard all the pundits, I've heard Shearer, I've heard mm. everyone. What Trent can't do, what Trent can't do. We never embrace what players can do. Mm -hmm. What can he do? Could you imagine him against USA the other night? (laughs) You're talking about Harry Kane got two touches of the ball inside the penalty box, starved, starved. We have got the. um, I've never seen technique like it since David Beckham, Mm. and this is from a right back. He's incredible going forward, Mm. but all we keep seem to do is bash him of what he can't do. Okay. If you're that worried, you weigh it up and you're going, OK, he might get us a goal, but he might lose us two goals. I can understand that against a Brazil or a Spain. But when it's USA or Wales, mm. <laughs> come on, get Trent on the pitch. And yep. listen, this is no knock because Trippier has had an exceptional season at Newcastle. I went live, a first game I went to watch as a fan was Newcastle-Chelsea just before the World Cup and Newcastle was brilliant, But and Trippier were brilliant. But Trent, and this is no disrespect to Trippier, when you're talking about assists, like you said, he's nearly broke every assist record there is for a fullback already. And he's Mm -hmm. what, 22, 23? Mm -hmm. Um, He was another one I'd play. I'd play him in all these games. And like you said, if we're then coming to Brazil and you're worried about Vinicius Junior, then hopefully Carl Walker's fit or Trippier and you you bring them in. But again,
1: we love to tell players what they can't do. Uh, There's been a lot of talk about the politics and that of the World Cup and we don't have to go into it too heavy. But obviously there's been a lot of pundits saying what they're saying, but then they're all out there taking the money Uh, and you've got people like David Beckham who got paid $150 to promote this. (laughs) I don't know, is there any feeling from you about whether or not you would want to work out there or does it make you feel any kind of way?
0: If you come into my house, if I invite you around to my house, you abide by my rules. Mm -hmm. If you don't abide by my rules, you will not be welcomed back into my house. Mm -hmm. That is as simple as that. Mm -hmm. So when they won the bid, this should have happened before the bid.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. All this shit that's going on and all this, this should have been squashed from early as soon as their name come up clubs teams should have said we're not going or we're doing this or, da, da 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 so now with all this country, like with the alcohol you know what this country is mm-hmm. you you have to respect these people mm-hmm. that's just my take listen do I agree with their beliefs no mm-hmm. I don't but we knew this eight years ago, whenever they got it. Mm-hmm. And now we're kicking off and it's a joke. We're not wearing armbands and that. We shouldn't be allowed to wear the armbands. You know what this, co- what this country, their rules, mm-hmm. you agree to it, you're here representing. Well, get on with it. Mm-hmm. I heard from a mate who's over there that they're in the mall. There was some loads of England fans and obviously get your tits out for the lads you know that song yeah they were singing to they were singing to all the local women get your face out for the lads right honestly and i'm just like is it banter in their thing yes but there's a code of conduct you're in their country you will get fucking. <laughs> yeah you know you can't do that yeah so the fa we want to make a stand or make Harry Kane take the yellow card and wear the fucking armband. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like I said, I just think it's all
1: disrespectful to the country. Yes, we don't... If, if you were captain and that was you, what would you have done? Would you have put it on anyway or would you have would you have let them tell you what to do and took the lead from the FA? Because I feel like Harry kind of took instruction on that.
0: Yeah, we, we always get taken instruction. I can remember... A, a, I don't know if you know this story, so... Um, when Rio failed his drug test, and obviously he had his hearing to come, so he hadn't been proven uh, guilty of anything. Mm-hmm. We had to play Turkey to qualify for the Euro 2004 European Championships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we only needed a draw. Uh, England fans were banned from going uh, f- for some punishment. So you could imagine Turkey hostile as fuck. Um, and Gary Neville calls a committee together and this when I really no seriously This <laughs> was, I, 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 used to, I used to just think Gary Neville is like fucking a geek yeah. and then like when I looked at him I thought fuck me this is Millie Ferguson he calls this meeting <laughs> in like, honestly he calls this meeting in like Bex is the captain and he's just like, like everyone sit down it was like this is fucking unacceptable like he hasn't even had a case and he's being banned from England that's when does that happen and he said we're not playing well he says I'm not playing he's my teammate Man United teammate I'm not playing I think we should make a stance and say we're not playing (laughs) so we were like I was like, fuck it, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I like, <laughs> I like, seriously,
0: I was thinking, this is quality. Man. Yeah, like, like is there
1: a bit of you that's like a high school kid. Like, any reason to rebel? Yeah, yeah it's a bit of a laugh. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Angryo is my mate, and yeah. i was like, yeah, fucking yeah. brilliant. So, like, everyone. So basically, we left the room, and everyone was in agreement. So Gary goes off to see some FA people, and <laughs> mm. the FA people were like, seriously, you will get absolutely pelted by. The, the fans, f- the, fans no, yeah. the media um you're refusing to play for your country and we'll have to play the under 21s so um
1: oh he called <laughs> his bluff then
0: yeah and he was listen you can't call gary neville's bluff mate he's once he's got beliefs like he, <sighs> yeah. a lot of people say a lot about him but <laughs> i do i do love how he sticks to his morals um, I mean,
1: he he did until uh, yeah, the yeah. Yeah. came. He said, like, "You know what? We've been doing business with them for about twenty years. They're all right, actually." Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: So then, um, so then, obviously, Bex and Michael Owen must have spoke to agents. All players spoke to agents, and they realised about maybe, like you said, losing the sponsorships mm. and that. And then that just got me. Yeah. The FA were just not having it. So the FA do take over. But that's a cracking story. Yeah, but with the with the armband, like you said, it's like, do you take one for the team? If you really all believe this, then yeah, you should take one for the team. But then again, I'm again. When you go into someone's house, you have to abide by their rules. Like the rules are mm-hmm. shitty, but that's how they live there. Like you said how many people go to all these countries for fucking extravagant holidays? They don't mm. care about their rules then, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. I don't know, it's you, a tough one. When
1: it comes to, obviously, uh, LGBT um, footballers, uh, I was wondering, actually, on, on the topic of this, did, did you know any footballers who hid their sexuality, like personally, or or was that something that you were just completely unaware of? I, I had my suspicions when I went to
0: West Ham um, it was the German player Tommy Hitzelsperger was it uh-huh. Tommy Hitzelsperger fucking I can't even remember his name oh. that's how much of a you remember rockin- what, what no, you thought no, of him no, no, no that's how much of a shambles my fucking time at West Ham was <laughs> said no. Jesus. but um, I had my suspicions that he was gay but I never asked him never treated him differently and he came out a few years later didn't he I think when he retired uh, um, and said he was gay, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't shocked. It was the same as when I did the jungle. I'm a celebrity. We had that pop star George, and I was like, in my head thinking, he's definitely gay. Oh, uh-huh. uh, he didn't say nothing, and then a few a few months after the jungle, he comes out and says he's gay. Um, I have gay
1: friends. I have. I know gay people. Um, it makes you wonder why we're still sort of waiting for a high profile player because I just think uh, it's the uh, it it should be so much easier mm, to come out now people can be brutal do you know what I mean and I think for a footballer to take that on is going to require some fucking balls unfortunately uh and yeah, I wonder how long but, uh, we'll be waiting. Uh, again, I can't you, believe I still wait. Do waiting. you think in a men's team sport,
0: I'm just asking the question here is like, say if I was gay and I brought up into an office, but and you said it's different in football. We share showers, we share baths. Mm. We like, like, do, I don't know. I don't know. So if I'm with a gay, like, I just walk around the change room with fucking dick <laughs> flopping from ankle to ankle <laughs> I bet you are oh, you bastard yeah, yeah I wish yeah. but you know what I mean you like and then all of a sudden there's a gay do I like I don't I, I don't know do yeah. you start to cover up a bit more do you like as in, do you job? mean
1: to respect that person yeah you or, don't want to make yeah, them yeah, feel uncomfortable to, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just like and they're maybe feeling on that side as a gay man like I don't want to put the boys boop, boop. Yeah. in a position where they have to feel a certain way about me so let, I would just leave it just to keep it in my cell but yeah I, I don't know I think it's an it's a, it's a good conversation to have and although it is awkward and you know we're two straight men trying to understand what it would be like to be in that position it's fucking difficult but you gotta respect it and hope that one of them does feel comfortable because then I, I think It'll be like the
0: four-minute mile. It'll happen. When someone break when yeah. Roger Bannister broke the four-minute yeah. mile,
1: then everyone's starting to break it. will. It. And, right, and, and, and it just needs that one high profile player. Do you keep in touch with many of your old teammates?
0: I'm really close to Jonathan Woodgate still, Jermaine Genus, who's doing really well.
1: Bellamy, maybe?
0: Of course, Bellis. I'll always yeah. be in touch with him.
1: There was a story told about him, actually, recently on uh, TalkSport by Graeme Souness, how, uh, how he cut him. He basically said uh, he wouldn't play for us, so I took him to the chairman. So go on then say it to him then. I'm not playing. He's like, right, you're off.
0: Nah, that didn't quite go like that, but that story was How do you remember it? I'll never forget this story. Again, when you're talking about fucking you think Ronaldo's story is bad. So um someone had told soonest that Bell has said in the change room at the training round before he was going to go out to training, if I'm gonna be playing on the left or right wing, I'm just gonna throw an injury in. So obviously when we've gone out to do shape, Bellas is obviously put on one of the wing positions and um, <laughs> and he said, fuck it, I'm walking in. I can't. What well, off the pitch? You just so left. he's just, just said, oh, I'm feeling my groin or whatever. Uh, my groin's a bit tight or something. So uh, um, someone had told soon as this, uh, probably fucking Al Shay Given. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Were they teach us pet?
0: <laughs> nah, I just, I, I just know that fucking hour, and have probably ripped Bellas' head off. <laughs> <laughs> but saying that, every time Bellas did play, then that's guaranteed goals for Alan. Cause yeah, they were, like, the yeah, they were like conflicted, weren't they? They yeah. worked so
1: well together, but yeah. personality is complete different.
0: So we didn't think nothing of it. Then the squad goes up and Bellas is in the squad. And so I think the manager must have said, look, you're going to be playing up front or whatever. Must have conned him into it. So... Uh, we go to Arsenal, we get into the change room. So, usually you name the team at the hotel, doesn't even name the team at the hotel. He na- he, so, <laughs> we're in the change room and he says, The team's this, da 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 da, and subs, da 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 da. Bellas is not even thinks thing. So, Bellas is fucking fuming. So, we play Arsenal. And oh, Bell- so soon as fuck with his head a bit. A bit, yeah. yeah. You know, if you're going to fucking try and fuck think, So, <laughs> I'll never forget this. So, the game finish. And we're on the bus, Bellas is fuming, this fucking prick, and then da da, da da. And then goes to, on the bus, you have Sky, and it goes to Jeff Shreves, and he's interviewing um, Soonus in the tunnel. <laughs> so he says to Soonus, <laughs> he says to Soonus, <laughs> why is Craig Bellamy not playing? He went, Craig Bellamy's uh, reported an injury. And Jeff was like, um, that's weird, because um, I asked Craig, and Craig said, he was fit to play. He said, no, no, he's got an injury. So he's like, so Bella, this is where Bella's got a kind of power trip because he knew the fans loved him and he knew the fans didn't love Sooners. So he thought the fans were on his side. Oh, he's not fucking turning. up. So we're literally sitting on the bus watching this in the <laughs> I'm not fucking having this, he said. He just gets off, the, he gets off the bus and goes. So I'm thinking, what the fuck? So it goes back into the studio with Richard Keys and whoever the guest was and um, they have to cut one of the guests they go sorry we've got Jeff Streets back in the tunnel as Bellas." <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching this so <laughs> He's by, still on the bus uh, so by this time uh, Graham gets on the bus <laughs> soonest, and Freddie is on the bus no. and Bella's was like I was fit to play it was his decision not to play me da 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 so I'm thinking, I can't believe this. So I'm just thinking, because I know Graham's a fucking hard man, by the mm-hmm. way. I'm thinking when he comes back on the bus, he's just going to get boshed up. Um, but he didn't. He gets on the bus. Then Bellas arranges. I don't know if you can remember at the time he arranges for Sky to come to his house and give us an exclusive interview Ooh. because he was try because he thought he had the fans on side. And then... Sooners couldn't protect him no more and I think Sooners said he refused to play throwed in an injury and then yeah there was no way back for him but mm. that whole thing we were on the bus and we were watching Bella <laughs> run right off the bus and the next thing he's live on Sky Fucking it's so
1: childish isn't it when you think of it it's so silly obviously we mentioned Newcastle so you know more about the Newcastle setup than I do um How's Eddie doing for a start? I mean, obviously it's going good, but what are you seeing that specifically is impressing you about Eddie? I couldn't believe that power, energy
0: and pace that you play with when I was watching him live at Chelsea. You were getting Chelsea to boot the ball long. You were mm-hmm. going, I dare you to play. Mm-hmm. The keeper would play it. and fair play to Joel Linton because I've been <laughs> one of his biggest critics, but the energy... He, he must have my lungs when I was playing yeah, he can yeah. run all day but with that power and pace his long legs and that yeah and he beast. just go I just look at that team and identity and I think that Eddie's motto is something about intensity and you know? it's um our identity is our intensity mm-hmm. and you see that on the pitch and the recruitment has been brilliant bringing in trippier and but um, Botman's a good player, isn't he? Good player. And Bruno is just, again, it makes me mad when I'm watching Brazil and I see Fred playing. <laughs> and yeah. this is no disrespect to Fred because he does well for um, Brazil. But Bruno has been in the top five, probably, players performing. This season,
1: yeah, in the league easily.
0: Everything Newcastle have done, I've loved. I went there as a fan, I couldn't believe the energy. It just reminded me, I was just thinking they're on to something. Mm-hmm. The only thing I worry about is that if you have a chance to go in Champions League and then you start to try and sign a superstar, and this is no knock on Eddie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, will he be able to handle? the Ronaldos, the Mbappe, you know what I mean? Where they could just like look at him and go, who the fuck are you? You're not like, it's it's different having a potch. And I think it would be unfair for him because of what he's done to that club. And another one we can talk about and everyone used to fucking hammer Steve Bruce. So everyone's saying about this transformation of Almerin, He ain't been transformed. Basically, when he was playing for Benitez or... Uh, Steve Bruce he was basically playing as a fullback because all you lot used to, all your wingers used to do is defend the fullbacks you used to defend your box and just boot the ball mm-hmm. <laughs> now you're on the front foot he's got confidence because you're on the front foot and you're getting him the balls in the area where he can be destructive there's no coincidence he's shining but
1: Eddie Howe play, so, played him like that to be exactly yeah. so
0: that's where Eddie thing but I'm just saying mm-hmm. Almerin doesn't all of a sudden become a bad player it was just he was in a bad setup. That did nothing for him. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now he's being in a system where he can flourish. Joel Linton has found a system that he can flourish. I even you've even played with Chelsea and you had Chris Wood. <laughs> and I'm going, like, how's he a like player for Newcastle? But know, right? it's crazy, but everyone just fits in. You had a centre half playing left back on the day. It was mm. fucking outstanding. I'm just going. Burn, yeah. Fa- fair play. I'm I'm loving Newcastle, and I do still think they'll make the top four.
1: Yeah, the, the thing about Eddie, and I, I really uh, think you you've made a good point there. With how is this going to go? Because right now, Eddie commands respect of that dressing room, and and there's nobody there in in that team who has achieved a great deal yet. And I think that that's that's a good thing for us because everyone, there's this little underdog feeling about us. And it kind of reminds me of Jurgen Klopp when he took over at Liverpool. Very similar, intense style. If you look at what Trippier and Almiron do on the right side, it's like Trent and Mo Salah. It's exactly the same sort of theory, uh, just not as good. Um, (laughs) But it's looking pretty good this season, you know? And I, I feel like for Eddie... He's such an intelligent guy. I, I never watch an interview with him and cringe. Like, that was the Steve Bruce Like It was hard watching his interviews. It was embarrassing as a fan to think that's our manager. Whereas with him, he articulates himself well. And I just hope that we don't get someone in who... I think there's a strategy in place for recruitment in terms of personality. Like, they're like, no arseholes, basically, is what we're looking at. Like, first and foremost, we need people who are likable. And I feel like Bruno just sums that up. The kid... Loves the area, loves the fans. and he, You can tell. Yeah, he's playing for us. And uh, in a way, like it, it's, it's kind of reminiscent of the, the feeling as a fan I had of watching the Bobby mm. team of like, we can be anyone on our day here. You know, when we went to Arsenal and they were top of the league and you played in that game. Yeah. And uh, you know, I remember you jumping on Shearer's shoulders after the penalty. We were top at Christmas. And mm. I remember thinking, we're fearless. And I've not felt that way since that day. Like, pretty I much. sensed it I yeah, sensed 20 it years have gone by I sensed it
0: from the fans I yeah. couldn't believe the energy I was just like yeah. it was giving me goosebumps mm. and you're talking to Bruno I didn't realise how actually good he was until I watched him live
1: mm.
0: he's so good on the ball as well mm. he does the ugly side so well he's
1: he's just a player the best thing I can say about Bruno is he's a Sir Alex Ferguson player like he to me like I look at him I think you can you've got the nasty side you've got the skill like he is the complete midfielder and uh I remember I, I seen him like twice and I came back to the, the lads on the football show and I said I, I, I like he's like the Cesc Fabregas level player like he could be that level I'm not saying he will but that was just immediately it was just like he's when you see him in person Brilliant. it's yeah um so yeah you think top four yep that means someone's gonna lose out we got City and Arsenal who look set for top four. So who do you think, who's the other fourth?
0: I worry about Chelsea, I really do. They um, look a bit
1: cobbled together, don't again, they? Again,
0: we're talking about Eddie. And then you have that elite, world-class player. Do they kind of, and I, I'm i so happy that Potter got his chance. Mm-hmm. So happy that he got a chance because he deserved it. But then I'm thinking, you do not sack Tuchel for Graham Potter. That's just my opinion. I've spoke to people who have had Tuchel as a coach and they've had Potter as a coach. Obviously I'm not gonna name (laughs) them. And and they're just like, it's just like you cannot compare the two. uh, In what way? Just knowledge of the game, uh, tactics, just the way they are. Um, we'll ask it. I'll ask it after the yeah. I won't drop you in it. So, so when when and I I also know people who have uh, had Tuchel and then they've had other top top managers. And they go, trust me, Tuchel is fucking incredible. But he
1: lost his way at Chelsea. It, it, is 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 there a... Do you think that the players do you, down tools and let him down? Uh, but do you think that that could be also... The
0: Americans are coming in and have started splashing the cash on 60 million for full backs from fucking Brighton. And well he's there, yeah. going... You <laughs> don't know. It
1: just seemed to me a bit like the Scott Parker. Did you get thing. an explanation from your source of why... Uh, Chelsea lost their way under Tuchel then because it doesn't make sense if you're saying that Tuchel is... You've got to remember, this is the same Chelsea that I watched the game
0: against Tottenham (coughs) when he went crazy after the game with the handshake, but they absolutely pummeled Tottenham. I know you can say, well, Tottenham are getting pummeled by most teams Mm. of the big boys, but they just said Tuchel was on a different planet. And my thing with Potter is, I think Chelsea having problems is he's always changing the team it's like he's trying to keep all these superstars happy all of them we've got to keep it's just like I it's impossible to name the 11. Mm-hmm. i can name you newcastle's 11 Easy. basically every week yeah. i can name man city's 11 for the big game mm-hmm. chelsea's i haven't got a clue he's playing sterling wing back. he's playing one minute he's playing a Aubameyang, then the on the bench the next two games Then he's playing this fullback then he's playing so I, listen I was so happy he got his chance but I always worried that when you've got that world class players and then they're not really buying into your beliefs do they just go yeah good one
1: well you made the point about Eddie Howe about can he handle those big names and Eddie is lucky that he potentially will have a slow build up to that and he'll be able to very much pick his own big names Potter he's been thrown in at the deep end in the shark tank and we're going to find out quickly if he can handle those but
0: then I worry That when the transfer window happens in January, because you lot are doing so well, does the owners go? Come on, we've got to give
1: it a go. To that's what I I think they'll listen to Eddie a bit more because they seem to be we don't seem to have a strategy in place that is anything like Chelsea's. Yeah, And Chelsea's is a bit crazy to me. Can we talk about some of your former England teammates then? Mm -hmm. Because they've gone into management. Obviously, you've done coaching at a high level and you've got uh, Lampard, Gerrard. You know, it's been difficult for Gerrard and and Lampard's had his moments as well. How How do you see it overall, how they're doing? So obviously, Frank went to Derby
0: and everyone was saying what a great job he did at Derby. And he came sixth and they got to the playoff final but gary R- Rowett got sacked for coming fifth the season before he obviously had his chelsea contacts he got mason mount on loan there he had tamori on loan i thought he did a, a good job at derby but not the way it was being billed as. what an unbelievable oh. job and then obviously he's a, a chelsea legend and chelsea come court calling do i think it was a bit too early i do but you can't turn that down. You've always got to back yourself. Yeah. They had a
1: transfer ban as well with him there. So that was even more tricky for him, I guess.
0: If they didn't have their transfer embargo, would Reese James have played? Would mm-hmm. Mason Mount have played who have come two of their popular players? Because they probably would have spent 150 yeah. million pounds. Rhys you know? James is
1: a beast. I what a him. player!
0: What a player. And they would have probably paid 150 million pounds for a right back. Yeah. So to be fair, with the cars that Frank was dealt, he did an okay job again. One thing I will say, I think's a real positive about Frank. He then goes to Everton and he realizes fucking hell.
1: I've like downgraded my tools here. So um it must be a shock to the system when you're a class player yourself and you're and looking at got, these players and, and you're they,
0: like they've got no goals in yeah. their teams. Mm-hmm. They defend for their lives and they're hard to score goals against. So he has changed his identity to I like his versatility that he's shown.
1: Uh, what about Gerard? Cuz Gerard, he got obviously he did well with Rangers, but he gets the big job. I wonder how he recovers from that his first big job going bad like that the thing is though
0: I think on your CV it's when I talked about as a player we always want to talk about the bad things that they can't do rather than the good things I think with managers once you've got have had a success that is on your CV that I've won the Scottish Premier mm-hmm. League undefeated he'll get another job
1: uh, I hope he gets another job he, yeah he will I suppose I mean, Steve Bruce, Steve Bruce, has Steve Bruce made a living out of it didn't he
0: Yeah, so. uh, Uh, No, it's true. Uh, That's one thing that annoys me, especially uh, don't want to bring up the color, but you see the lack of black managers, but everyone gets chances, but it just seems that we find it extremely hard. Look, Paul Lintz has finally got back into management after about a a 20 year Mm. hiatus. You talked about Lampard and Gerrard getting big, big jobs. Mm. Sol Campbell. Had an unbelievable career on a par with them. He Mm. gets Macclesfield.
1: Do you think people get a better opportunity just down to their skin colour, even though they've had similar careers then? You're seeing that more and more?
0: Yeah, 100%. Mm. If you stereotype a black player, Mm -hmm. it's about their athleticism, pace, power. Mm -hmm. It's never about their football IQ.
1: Yeah.
0: And then with white players it's about technique
1: yeah if they're talking about harry kane they speak about him definitely like technique more of a smart iq player. Yeah. smart
0: player. so yeah. i'm thinking then when it goes up into these executive roles have they still got that mindset of lack of iq not brains mm. it's just about power, and power i don't know i've never been I'm-
1: well there are some positives which i think we can focus on patrick vieira for example Proper job he's doing there for Crystal Palace. I'm really impressed with him. Exactly uh, like Potter. Yeah. And uh, Colo Torre has just been given a, a yeah, job yeah. in um, I can't remember uh, who's Wigan. Yeah, sorry Wigan so from yeah. Leicester. So, yeah.
0: So again, fair f- fair play to Brendan Rogers. So Brendan Rogers always from from uh, the Celtic days he got Colo Torre in, mm. and what he's thinking was is that he likes to sign a lot of African bla- players. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a complete different religion, they have complete different beliefs, mm-hmm. and he can't understand that. So he goes and recruits Kolo Toure really. as a coach, yeah. but someone that these players, if they've got problems they he can say, well, this is Ramadan for certain players and that. And mm-hmm. I think that is very good management mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because if you've got a team that is dominated by black players and you've got all white staff, I don't care who you are, you're not gonna know these players more yeah. than a black You need to be able to person. relate to exactly.
1: that, for sure. So
0: I remember doing the article about the Rooney rule. And I was saying, I, I didn't really understand the Rooney rule. So I just gave a <coughs> great headline. Mm. I don't want a job because of the color of my skin. That was the headline. Mm. And then I had so many black players, like the older players who had been through shit, who had finished their career, trying to get jobs, they couldn't. And they were like, yeah, what are you doing? You're killing us. And I was like, well, I'm being honest. I don't. Want, and they were like, "It's not about that." It's the Rooney Rule is that black people have to be interviewed. They, there has to be evidence to be shown that mm-hmm. they've been interviewed.
1: And, and the was, fact that that's a necessity really is terrible, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah.
0: And I was like, I, I'm just being And they were like, "Yeah, but you don't understand. You're, you're realizing." I'm like, "Well, the fuck." <laughs> and then fucking here we are. Like, yeah. I'm now coaching and like. I'm doing the under 18s and 23s and I'm doing a good job like, I'm even doing a good job at it's under 23s and then they signed an assistant manager on the Thursday to come and work with me and then the manager of the first team gets the sack on the Saturday so I'm the under so in the football club you have the first team the under 23s the under 18 Okay. I'm the manager of the under 23s uh-huh. they sign someone to be my assistant okay. so he's working under me okay. on the Thursday, The manager on the first team of the first team gets sacked on the Saturday. I get a text from a mate saying, the guy they brought in is your assistant is now caretaker manager. And I said, what? <laughs> Fuck I, I swear to God, I just was just like, <sighs> and I'm an Ipswich boy, bread, oh, love the l- club. L- like, I, You're
1: a lifer at Ipswich. I was just like, you just it is what it is you just did you speak to anyone at the club about how that made you feel
0: yeah so um, I got a text from my assistant who was now I was <laughs> by there. the way I'm your new gaffer yeah and uh, <laughs> Fuck he me. was saying that um, he'd want me to assist him and we've got to do a game I was like I'm not assisting you I'm like nah I'm done like no chance I spoke to the the people above um and i basically expressed how hurt disappointed i was they just explained that they've implied this guy because he's had actual experience of being a manager in the lower leagues
1: um i mean you you played in the champions uh, league You know, you you played in a top four Premier League club at the highest level. You've literally coached all the way through. You were in the England team with David Beckham. And yet this guy knows more than you do, apparently. Yeah. You literally know that club inside out, mate. So I literally
0: was like, I don't know if I can do this. And then they pulled up the old heartstrings, didn't they? And said, well, if you don't want to do it for yourself and do it for us, do it for the club, because the club need you. So yeah, I assisted him for um, a few games. And yeah, it was just, uh, I was a shell of myself. I was just going through the motions,
1: really. It what, was, mentally you just couldn't? Yeah,
0: just mentally I was just, they broke me. Mentally broke me. Fuck me, mate.
1: Yeah. I didn't realise it was that. Yeah, yeah,
0: just like, I couldn't, I was just thinking, if you can't get a chance for a couple of games like my end goal was always to be Ipswich Town manager that's what I want to be but after that I was just like one I'm too emotionally connected to the club I don't want to ever be manager of the football club and it's hard to say but do you mean that, what, what, no, why, even, why, too,
1: why too emotionally connected what do you mean because cause some fans might hear you say that and go well that's what we want we want you to love
0: the yeah, club yeah but so when i left the club i did a podcast and like i was bigging up my players and like there was a player who's not signing a contract and um fans had been giving him stick and i'm like well you don't know why he's not signing a contract like he's gone out on loan scored all these goals he's come back there's no he sees no pathway so you or can't two. knock someone for, like
1: cuz you have seen the yeah, bigger picture yeah so i'm like
0: Because I just love the club, I just, I don't know, I just feel that, yeah.
1: Is it kind of better to be a little disconnected as manager, do you think, so that you operate more in a logical, more ruthless? So so on my pro license,
0: on our pro license, got some good big hitters on the pro license as well. Mm. It's not about what you do on the grass, it's how you manage above, like how I could have managed that situation better, how you speak to, certain people Mm -hmm. and they always say that it's not healthy like you finish football you go home you're thinking of the football you have got to have a switch off you have got to have your family Mm. life and um i've never been a manager but even being the under 23 manager my missus would be like can you just stop (laughs) like this Uh is like eight o'clock at night or whatever and i'm just like i just can't i just want to be the best i just got to give these the best opportunity to
1: yeah, and for your mental health, that's a bit draining, right? Because you, the the we all need that rest and that period to recover and then to be eat, refreshed and give your best the next day. If you're running yourself into the ground, I can't be healthy. But then, I think that when I'm on the
0: training ground, that's when I'm alive. Like even when I left to have a sabbatical, I'm just like, I'm just like. Mm. I need to be. I just. Miss it. I just need them juices. I don't know if it's because my whole life has been around the environment of football clubs and banter and mm-hmm. that, and I just love my. I just love my boys. I still. What I thought was really touching as well that when I left the club, all all my team they tweeted about me and the best coach and mm-hmm. and I. I just thought that was great testament to how much work and endeavor I put into him and listen I was a hard taskmaster as well because what I (laughs) no seriously why I think I was so why I was so good for them is that I always used me as an example Uh. I played for England by the time I was 20. By the time I was 20 I had Man United wanted me I had Chelsea wanted me I played in Newcastle with the Champions League like going through all these things and I said I only had 30 caps for England, uh, didn't win anything in my career, always injured. Do you know why? Because my standards as a player were shit. So this is why I have high standards as a coach to drive you, because if your standards drop, Mm -hmm. I will fucking be
1: on you. It's nice to see that now you've grown so much as a person. You're able to talk to these boys and... to hold them accountable in a way that you, you didn't hold yourself accountable and give them what you mm-hmm. could have done with. It must be kind of therapeutic that in a way to be a big brother and a father figure in a way. Um, let's talk about when the illness came yeah. along, uh, first noticing differences.
0: Basically what it was, I had a problem with my liver. It got first spot in probably about 2002 Um, and I was taking medication, it was everything fine. I could still drink, still do everything. Um, And it was probably about 2015, because obviously when you stop playing football, I have a specialist in Ipswich, I go to see uh, Mr. Williams. And he said that you have this condition PSC. I don't know why they said you've got this condition, you've got this condition PSC. So I was like, oh, what does that mean? They said, he said, basically you have your liver you have loads of tubes off your liver and they're becoming so scarred inside. So when they become so scarred, it's hard for things to go through them. So I was like, oh. So I said, well, this medication I've been taking in the past then, is that, was I not meant to be taking it? He said, well, uh, there's a good case. So I'm already thinking, fucking hell. The amount of games I, people have said I missed because of my medication back in my days, fucking I have a, a case against all these fucking crap doctors who wow. said that. But obviously he was saying, you don't want to go down that road because they can say at the time you did have this and blah blah. So I was like, okay. Um, so he said, you're gonna need a liver transplant, but probably when you're about 70, 75. And I was like, okay like I was okay because that seems so far away of course so this was in about 2015 and obviously I get my bloods monitored every month I have scans on my liver every six months to a year and everything was doing alright he was pleased and then it was probably I had COVID I got sent home from Ipswich because I had COVID Um, so I was probably a week in bed with COVID and then it was probably about two weeks later, um, I was literally, when I wake up in the night for a piss, it was like pitch black. We have like these dimmer lights in the bathroom, but they're really low. But when I was pissing, I was half asleep. It was like my piss was illuminating the whole <laughs> room. I swear,
1: I can't explain I really, really did not expect this no, to come seriously. out of
0: you. No illumin- it was like, uh, you know, saber. one of them fucking. Lightsaber thing. Oh, yeah. Glow and six. I was like, "Fuck me, I must be dehydrated." I, all I kept thinking was dehydration, so I, I didn't really think nothing of it. And then leading up to in them two weeks, there was Leo Neal, who was head of academy, and he kept going to me, "You got fucking yellow. Your eyes are yellow." But again, I was like looking in the mirror, and I could see some yellow in the in in the bottom of them, mm. and I didn't really didn't really pay attention but this piss I was drinking litres and litres of water and every time my piss was just like this fuck I can't explain the colour what, what just bright really. just real bright uh-huh. and I was just like okay then I started getting this itchiness like itching sensations <coughs> on my body uh, it would come on full on for a day and then it would go and then it would come on and it was just like where you're constantly like you've got fucking nits and that and we're like and the dog's got nits or something. Just like, thinking what the fuck's going on? So then the takeover happens at Newcastle and the first game's Newcastle Tottenham. So Sky get in touch with me and say, do you want to do the Newcastle game with Dave, David Ginola? So I said, yeah, yeah. So we're pitch side and then we go up to the studio in the corner far corner. Um, to watch the game and then get ready for the half time and it was probably about five minutes before half time the makeup lady comes on just to give you a spruce up and she was like are you alright and I was like yeah she was like your eyes are really yellow so I didn't think nothing of it but you know when you see like Jamie's face Jamie Redknapp and Dave Jones the presenter they're like looking at me like so are you like so I'm thinking it's starting to worry me now so um Obviously, the game finishes. I get back on the train, down full of fucking geordies. I then turn on my phone and I've got hundreds of messages. One from my daughter saying, Dad, your eyes are really yellow. Um, there was one from my missus's sister uh, saying, You need to go to doctors as soon as you get back. So now I'm thinking, fucking hell, something's definitely wrong here now. So, um, I thought, fuck it, I'm not going to the doctor's Monday. I'm going to the hospital. So I went to the hospital Monday. Um, They transfer transfer me straight to Adam Brooks at Cambridge. And I'm in hospital for about 12 days. And I'll never forget when the first lady, she comes in about six o'clock in the morning. I've only just woke up and she says, I'm sorry, but you need a liver transplant and You know, in Hollywood films, when the camera just goes and zooms into your face, it was just like I thought. Liver—I always thought liver transplant or heart transplant means death. That's just the way I see it. And I just thought, fuck, she's just said I'm basically dead, and she's just left me. I've got no one here. It's six o'clock in the morning. Did you not explain why
1: or anything? It was
0: just the most. She just went. Hi, Kieran, Um, so we've seen your scans and your bloods and um, yeah, you need a liver transplant. Um, I can see this is a lot for you to digest. Uh, I'll be back later. And she just went and I was just sitting there going, Mm. I'm dead. Honestly, I've never been so scared in all my life. Like it was just, fuck, like it was mad. It was just like, so then Having to ring up wife.
1: How mom. did you explain that to them? Because it all, at that point you're not clued up at all either. You're, you're thinking. So, are you telling them? I think I'm.
0: So, when I rang wife and I said I need a liver transplant, she was just she. You could tell she went in complete shock and didn't what. Okay, they not give you a sick like, she, and I felt. So, so sorry for her because when I was saying I'm going to the hospital, she was like, it's just probably fucking long COVID. Mm. So then now when I say liver transplant, you have that guilt, uh. which she didn't have to have. It's nothing to feel guilty about. It was just her opinion that I had long COVID. And then she just, because I hadn't been given any answers, she wanted the answers and she couldn't come up the hospital because mm-hmm. of COVID and she was getting mad. Well, they. Did you ask this? And I was just like, this, oh yeah, yeah like.
1: She's panicking and then yeah. you're panicking. And, and then
0: and- I was just like, then I had to tell my mum. And the thing with me is that you've got to be brave for them. Oh yeah. Because if I ring up the phone sobbing and that, they'll be like, so I'm like holding this all together. Like, oh my God, my life is fucked. And then the next person I called out, so it was my wife and my mum. and then I rung DJ Spoony, And then I just let it all out.
1: Oh, cause and your he, mate, could, yeah, you could handle yeah. that with your mate.
0: And he was just like, he was just like, yeah, it was just fucking. But then when I went to Adam Brooks, the way they handled everything.
1: Is that the, another hospital? Yeah, yeah, it's
0: the one in Cambridge. Uh And then they really, so they've got a liver transplant team. So they have the recovery nurses, they have the surgeon, they have the dietician, they have the psychologist, they bring people in that they've, um, who have had successful operations. And then when they come and spoke to me, that negative mindset of I'm dead was, I'll piss this, if you know what I mean? Mm. Just the way that woman explained it to me, compared to how they explained it and all the turmoil and the gray, <sighs> see this gray beard that was, it was all black until I <laughs> went into the hospital. And then- I don't
1: think doctors realized like the weight that their, their words can yeah, carry.
0: It was so, and then like, the surgeon was so confident, not in an arrogant way, just, I do this for a living. It's like riding a bike. You're so young. Cause one of the other things you do there, they have to find out if you're a candidate. So yes, you need a travel. Now you have to do all the tests to see if you're a worthy candidate. Okay. So strength tests, grip tests, freaking your lung test. Cause it's a 10 hour operations. They need to know is your body going to be able to withstand 10 hours. And obviously I, cause I'm so young and right. so fit. I pissed it, but, The way each and every one of them explained it to me, I was just like, you know what, bring it on. I can't wait to have this and get this done and live my life properly now. Um, But that was, yeah, that first couple of days from that Newcastle game was the scariest shit I've ever had to deal with, ever.
1: Has it been hard to be stuck in this period where you're waiting? Because I don't understand the process that you're in it,
0: It was very hard initially because... You have to have your phone on twenty four seven, and you have to give them two numbers, um, and they will ring your phone twice. If they can't get older, of they ring someone else's phone twice, and then the third person. If you don't answer, you miss your transplant. You go to back to square Jesus. one.
1: That would that would that could lighter. ring.
0: It can ring at any time. Most of the most motorbike deaths or. God forbid, happen late at night. So it could be early hours in the morning when you you get uh-huh. a call. So you've got to have your phone on at all time, and you can't leave an hours and a half radius of um, radius of Cambridge. So Ipswich is like 50 minutes from Cambridge. Okay. So so like that's one of the reasons why I had to leave the 23s as well is that if we're playing if I'm out of the radius, if I'm on the bench and I get a call, I'm fucked, okay. I'm gonna think so. so.
1: So you're in a position where you have to sit tight and wait on them no, no. finding a, a liver.
0: Yeah, so that was when they said I was due to have one in three to six months. Then we get to a year and I'm like, I'm still waiting. They said, Kieran, look, if we're being honest, your blood's are doing so well at the moment, you could be waiting another year and they suggested we suspend you on the list. So it don't mean you leave the list. So all that means is when you're suspended on the list, you can go on holiday, you can go outside the radius, you can start doing things. But when we're doing your bloods every month, if your bloods are showing signs of deterioration, we will activate you back on the list Mm. and then like that. So in a way them deactivating me on the list means I can, I can do more things. Like I, like I said, I went to Asia to do some World Cup games. I'm doing work, I'm uh, doing some media bits and pieces. I'm going to watch different clubs coaching, okay. uh, uh, see them train and see I've, I've got a
1: question because I'm thinking, if I'm you, obviously, you know, you've not been a saint, but you've lived a good clean life. Mm. And you told me that the highest people on those lists in terms of the quickest to get them, are people who haven't, they're alcoholics, for example. Now, I'm not here to slag alcoholics off because I love a drink, but is there a bit of you just as a, as a human thinking, these guys have done all that damage to themselves. I'm trying to live a, a good life here and, and to use uh, my body to help these, these kids out on the training ground and to just give an impact to the community here. Is it frustrating?
0: That's how I felt initially. That's how I felt, what the fuck? Someone who abuses their body. I'm someone who's never fucking taken drugs or mm-hmm. anything. Yes, I've drunk. But the problem with my liver is nothing to do with alcohol, nothing. It's just a condition I got. I was fucking fuming at the system. When I spoke to the team, again, they're brilliant. Alcoholic, alcoholics is a disease, is an illness. Mm-hmm. So my illness, mm-hmm. alcohol to them is their illness. Mm-hmm. They most of these alcoholics need alcohol to function properly mm. on a mental <laughs> health a, level Yeah, like I said when with the Gary with the Gary Spee when he committed suicide I was furious with how mm-hmm. can you leave two kids mm-hmm. but then when I start to do the research it's an actual illness mm-hmm. if you know what I mean so I can't then be a hypocrite <laughs> because I know that they don't want to be an alcohol this is the way they function
1: mm-hmm.
0: my only concern is is that when they get the new liver.
1: They're still alcoholics.
0: Do they become an old, yeah. Well, they they are. And
1: we've seen that with George Best. George Best got a new liver and then destroyed himself. So
0: that's the only thing that would be really disappointing. But listen, if they've got weeks to live and they have an illness, I think that they should be top of the list. Mm. That's just the way I see it now. And like you said, when I do start to deteriorate, with jaundice and they can't get rid of the jaundice. Mm.
1: I think I will have my operation. So Okay, I really appreciate you telling us yeah. about that, mate, because that was fascinating. Ivan Toney, uh, he's been done for gambling. Uh, it's not the first time. I'm sure it won't be the last. I remember you were part of the, the generation where I guess it was cards on the bus betting this, that, and the other. Uh, what's your thoughts on it? The lad's looking like he's going to miss. He's probably going to be banned for a while, which is a real shame because he's a quality footballer. Do you think it's right that they ban footballers for gambling?
0: I always used to believe that if you bet on a match that you are playing and you can affect the outcome, then you shouldn't bet. Mm-hmm. If he wants to bet on other New- games. Newcastle versus Chelsea, for instance, the other day, <clears throat> I don't see what's wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: By the laws, and I looked into this, apparently the idea is, is that you might know those guys. Oh, you mean so? So he might text the guy and go, yeah, okay. can you just do a handball for us in this match by any chance? Like that's the, that's the way they're looking at it. But I mean, I personally, I think I'm in the same boat as you. I think mm-hmm. as long as you're not in the game, I don't think it should be that big of a deal.
0: I remember Michael Tropper as a young lad at Newcastle who had serious gambling problems and had heavies, wanting to break his kneecaps and all sorts. Jesus. And I can remember we had a big card school but we were on big dough and this is an 18-year-old kid on probably 300 and he used to try and get involved in card
1: schools and then I had a... You mean at Newcastle? Yeah. yeah.
0: Michael Chapman
1: What I, kind of money are we talking about? Because people will be interested in that for sure.
0: So we'd always used to bring like a couple of bags of cash uh, just to play at hotels. A good one was uh Craig Bellamy and Lauren Robert. So we were playing free card. They basically put all the cash in and it's like, by this time, it's like 500 open, 500 open, 500 open, 500, the cash was already in. So Bellas was like, I at 500, I at 500, I owe 500. So Bellas is like, looked at me and gone, can I raise it more? Of course you can, I'll go a grand. And then Robert's going, I'll go a grand, I'll go a grand. And they're going forever,
1: right? How, many, how much money do you think
0: was in there by the end? About. Fifty to sixty grand, easily. So as this is going on, I'm going, Craig, can I have a look at your cards? So <laughs> I've looked at Craig. He's got three threes. It's like cannot be beat. Uh-huh. Cannot be beat. So I'm thinking, what the fuck? So <laughs> I'll never forget this. So they're going back and forth, and then Craig does you, helps him out and just says, you know what? I'll see ya. And Craig goes, oh, I got three threes. And then Lauren goes to take the jacks. I mean, takes all the cash. Craig's like, we're all going. What are you doing? And he's like, in France, free Jacks, beach, free freeze. We're like, no, no, no. You're in England. He was like, I don't pay. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way. Lauren Robert was a hard bastard. Buddy. Oh, really? I, I swear to God, don't fuck with Lauren Robert.
1: I mean, he had some uh, good kicks on him. He had, a, for sure. he
0: had a fucking fight with Andy Griffith on the training ground once and that was just like... Oh, no. Griff, not just not went, no. Griff just went straight up to him and just, he didn't even flinch. And honestly, I was just like, Robert, mate. What happened? Robert started to rag him on the floor and get on top of him and then everyone obviously... All right. so But to take a... He didn't expect the punch, it was just a clean whack and he just like... Pfft.
1: Whatever, yeah. yeah.
0: And Griff, Griff was a fucking mad fucker as well. Yeah, he's the
1: one who scored the goal against Juventus, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, and then <laughs> it was like, I'm not paying. I'm not... <laughs> and Craig was going, you've got to pay, you've got to pay. And like everyone's just like, oh my God, you've got to pay. Tropper, I was saying, I had a bookie and um, he'd ring me up and say, can you put 50 grand on like Barcelona to be winning at half time and full time and it gets him like 60 grand back so i'm thinking i don't think he's got 50 anyway i'm like all right i'll put it on then they'll lose so he's like 50 grand down and i'm like i felt sorry for him because he wanted to do it the following night with real madrid and it was draw half time full time and he would have won these money back kind of thing cleared the debt and i said chops i'm not putting that bet on for you I don't think you've got a hundred grand in you. Yes, you got potential to earn that, but you can't be gambling like this. And um, what made it worse is we did, did draw. <laughs> uh, I mean, did win at half time and full time. And you know when you're thinking, oh,
1: the poor cunt. He's sitting there watching, just uh, sobbing, thinking sorry. that bastard, have he just put the fucking bet on? So the next day I go to Al and say, Al,
0: I think Chops has got a problem. He said, I'm going to, is it all right if I tell Freddie Shepherd? I said, yeah, because like, I don't know what he's on, but 50 grand, losing 50 grand when you're on 50 grand a week is heartbreaking. Mm. <laughs> so if you're on fucking 500 quid, like whatever, if he has to pay me back. in school, For those isn't... who don't
1: know Michael Chopra I was seen as very much a young star in the making and Newcastle there, they had high hopes for him to go on and become a first team and regular. Shearer, they fought, and, they? and they they did often compare him to Shearer, which obviously is, is you know, comparing anyone to him is yeah. silly, but his future was supposed to be very bright and it never, like God bless him, it never happened for him in that way. He, he did have a decent career. If you hear
0: the stories of his gambling and fucking people turning up to kill him and he used to have to go into his bedroom and bolt the, put chairs up against the door, sleep with knives under his bed cause he was just scared that people were gonna come and just fucking annihilate him at any time. Uh, no wonder he didn't fulfill his potential as well.
1: Cause he's probably wrecked with dread. Yeah, that's what I yeah. mean. And
0: like, like with the Ivan Tony situation and the betting, fucking gambling can turn into an illness.
1: Mm. That's
0: all I'd say. You
1: know, my one problem with it is, uh, I think a lot of things can be an illness, alcohol, Cheeseburgers, gambling. I, I think the way people are about gambling, like the way Paul Merson goes on about it, and I appreciate Paul Merson had a big problem with mm. it, and he's, he's not wanting that to happen to other people. But don't try and ruin my fun. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. So d- just because you can't stop eating cheeseburgers doesn't mean we should close down yeah, all the McDonald's. Do you know what I mean? And it's the way they talk about it. I feel like um, those who have self-restraint get fucked over, uh, and yeah I just think um, if, if Ivan Tony Can control himself And he's not actually Betting in games That he's playing in I don't think it should be That, that big of a deal uh, But we'll find out uh, It's mm. a shame he lost out on the World Cup I think that played a major role In him not going You know Gareth Southgate He's Mr. Clean And he's not going to want that
0: Lucky Gary Neville's Not in squad then Because it's a game Innocent and <laughs> into yeah, it'd have been a Get protest me. there, right?
1: Yeah, that one would have been going to the World Cup. Well, thanks for your time today, no bro. No problem, pal. I Appreciate it. It's Kieran Dyer once again on the True Geordie podcast. Absolute legend, gent of a man, and he played for Newcastle, so he's all right, by <laughs> me. Thanks for coming on, bro. No problem. Cheers,
0: mate.